Hey guys, welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Adam Atkinson doing another edition of our frat house series. And uh, so I don't know, do you have, you don't have any college gear on, man. Like I'm always wearing a different college sweatshirt to represent the brand. We got to get you hooked up over there. Yeah, I do need to throw some uh, old Anderson <laughs> shirts on if they even fit me at that point. <laughs> Although I'm not sure that this may be kind of off brand. I don't, I don't know if I exactly look like frat house material anymore, but I did graduate from Ohio University near you last year. So Bobcat now. But uh, let, let's get into some, some real stuff here, Adam. You just came back from the Arnold at the time we're recording this. And I, at the same weekend, was speaking at a conference. And the topic came up for us in a presentation I was doing on judging. And I know we have covered this a little bit in our normal series, but I thought in a, in a deeper dive, just a, a grainier discussion, I'd really like to talk about some points. The first being, uh, you know, just kind of intent, you know, who, who is a judge? Who is allowed or asked to judge? Why would somebody even want to judge? And, and I go back to my own experience because I think this is probably the wrong way to do it. Uh, when I was an amateur, having just competed in a couple of shows, this organization that I was uh, involved with, of course, they're looking to grow. So they thought, here's this, this young gun. He's kind of excited. Let's, let's get him to become a promoter. So I start promoting shows by the time I was 25 years old. And as soon as you're in that circle, you know, you're, you're kind of on the circuit. You're, you're asked to judge other people's shows so that they'll come and judge yours and that kind of thing. And, and I want to say back then, at least in kind of a small organization, um, you know, it's pretty amateurish. I mean, what, what right did I have after just a couple of contests myself to sit on a panel and do this? And, and I think most organizations definitely have a higher caliber process now. They, they, they train their judges. They have them test judge. If somebody's scores aren't aligning with the averages very well, then there's some remedial training, or maybe they're just not even allowed to judge. A lot of organizations now, instead of scrambling just to get one panel, they have different panels swap in and out for different classes and so forth, so that some judges may have more experience with certain divisions. But what do you, what do you think right now is just the state at large? When, when you go to a contest in certain organizations, do you just feel confident that there will be competent judges there? For the most part, I do. It depends on where you go, though. I think some areas can be a little bit corrupt, uh, where I kind of get a little bit iffy are when, like, coaches or judges. And that's where I really, uh, you know, I don't trust other people's ethics at their own business at stake. Uh, so I really try to stay away from that. And even as a coach, if like the NPC asked me to judge, I wouldn't do it just because I want my clients to win because they hands down won. I don't want them to think that any of it was, uh, you know, part of a political gain or anything like that. We want to win and indefinitely win. But, uh, you know, not all judges are created equal, but I do think for the most part, the NPC has done a really nice job at, you know, educating the judges, training them, having them do test judging before they even, you know, do judge. I do know some of the judges pose, and I don't think that's necessarily a problem because that is what they're looking for is for a certain pose to be presented for an athlete 
And we use judges to be my boss, essentially, when I ask for feedback, should somebody be a little bit leaner? And, you know, if we ask all seven, or maybe five at this point in time, because of COVID, I like to kind of collectively take that feedback from everybody and say, well, here's what we're going to throw out. Here's you know, maybe what we want to listen to the most, because every judge said that. So it's really up to the coach and athlete to decide on that feedback, what to bring back to the stage next time that you're both happy with. Yeah, I was, this conference I was at was for the WNBF, INBF, and the president of the organization was there. And some of the things that I know that have changed in the last 15 or so years, because that's when I stopped judging as well, Adam, I there, they, there came a point in time where, you know, maybe even longer than that, 15 to 18 years ago, I was just, I had too many clients, first of all, to manage on contest day. So, you know, imagine me with 30 or 40 clients competing on a Saturday and I'm sitting in a judging panel. I mean, you know, here, here's Joe trying, supposed to be judging and I'm texting all my clients, but, uh, but for the same reason, like I, I just was not going to be on a panel where I had a particular client. I'll give you one example. And that is, at a show I was promoting and I hate that they put me in this position and, and in retrospect, I should have just denied it, but there was a call for an overall in the men's open and a pro card on the line, two class winners at this particular contest. And it was just a dead tie. So as the promoter, I was also emceeing and they asked me to come break this tie. And I, I just, kind of thought I had to, I was put on the spot. And one of the guys was a local person that I knew. And so here I was, and it was, a, it, I, it, there was no question that it was a tie. It was apples and oranges, a really, really big, good heavyweight and a really good lightweight. And I, it, it just could have been a coin toss. It just depends on what you're looking for. And I remember it factoring in for me that if I select this hometown guy, and I'm the hometown promoter, there's going to be all kinds of outcry of just favoritism. And, and again, it was a coin toss. Half of the judging panel had already voted for him. Half had voted for the other guy. I voted for the other guy just to not take that shit. So the, so that, that was a negative bias. I was, I, I wasn't biased toward the guy I knew. I felt like I could not choose him because I was put in that position. And so as you said, any trainers, any coaches, anybody that has any affiliation with somebody on the stage, there's, there's going to be an effect. There's just going to be. It could be you know, a negative or a positive for that particular person, but I just don't think that should be allowed. I mean, it really, and it, and it puts, you know, who's not a coach right now, right? Who doesn't, who doesn't know somebody on stage? But I have seen when organizations have multiple judging panels that they swap in and out. I've seen judges just say, oh, no, I'm sorry. I know somebody in that class. I'm out. Get a substitute. And I think that just mm. has to happen. There has to be some kind of integrity like that because, you know, I went through that and I just know it's a factor in every decision. Yeah, I've definitely seen, you know, judges step down. I've seen judges who have coached or I should say uh, posed my athletes. And when my athlete went on stage, they got up and left. So, uh, which made me feel good. Uh, one of those instances was the first NPC pro card I'd ever won with a client. It made me feel really good that we hands down got that without that person on the panel. Just made me feel, 
it, it made me feel great about the whole federation. I think that's one thing that really sold me on it. Well, one, one of the things that I just overheard at this conference I was speaking at, Nancy Andrews, president of the INBF and WNBF, she did a segment on judging and posing criteria. And just, just as an offhanded remark, just kind of describing the process, she said that when we're getting ready for a contest, and of course, this is happening in multiple locations every single weekend around the country, she said, we have Zoom meetings with these judges ahead of time. We make sure every single judge on every panel understands the criteria, understands exactly how to handle difficult calls. And, and you know, they really have that kind of a, a setup. And, and one of the examples she gave is an ethical question always comes up in that, what if, what if a person just doesn't really fit that division? And we've talked about this, where somebody may be just too lean. They're in bikini, but they're too lean, or they're in... Uh, figure, but they're just too muscular. They should have been in bodybuilding. She said a lot of times you see organizations, and I have seen the NPC and IFBB do this. If they feel like you're just in the wrong category, you're too big or you're too lean, they just put that person aside and they virtually get last place. Like you're just in the wrong place. And she said, that's, you know, when you, when you have two or three different criteria and maybe they are too big, or maybe they are too muscular or too lean, you, you they can still shine in those other categories, you know, those other criteria points. And so, you know, the right thing to do is to maybe give them last for that particular variable, but then judge them accordingly on the others. And so you could have somebody that has this weirdly, I don't fit in this category, you know, physique. And instead of getting first or last, they may end up in fourth or fifth because you, you literally judge it honestly per variable. And I, I had never heard anybody articulate that. And I, I thought that's probably the right call. It's always hard because like even in close overall situations, my guy for the Arnold Classic this weekend, I was told by multiple judges he had the best classic shape. Uh, but however, the other guy didn't have the classic shape. He was bigger, which therefore also made him leaner. <laughs> So you got two of the three criteria there and, uh, you know, he was classic enough to beat my guy. And, uh, that's just, you're always going to be up against that when my guy's weighing, you know, 200 and the guy ahead's 230 pounds, maybe. So, you know, that's, that's why it's so tough to get an overall and a pro card, but, you know, at the end of the day, when I see someone has two of something on my guy, uh, you kind of have to roll with it as unfortunate as it is. You can, you just have to say if, if someone has one thing on you, they kind of deserve to beat you just because that may have been what all those judges like in particular. Uh, but I did have a judge say, I can't believe your guy didn't get it because I had him as my pick and, I said, well, I thought so too, but the other guy was bigger and leaner based on being bigger. Yeah, you know, a, a situation like this came up just in our conversation this weekend. And in one of my PowerPoint presentations, I had a client of mine who's a former world champion and has always placed really well in, in those highest pro contests. And two times in a row, she has been beaten mm -hmm. by somebody who you know, definitely is right there. I mean, totally different body shapes. Uh, you know, this, this other person is just hyper, hyper lean and small, just, just barely weighs a hundred pounds, 
but shredded. Great, great, great stage presence. You know, it's tough not to notice her because of those things. And my client just has a lot of mass and just, just looks like an incredible bodybuilder. And so when I said, you know, gosh, this was a tough one. And I was pointing to my PowerPoint. This was a tough one to take because I really thought, you know, she had this. And, and there were a couple people at this conference that were judges. They just weren't on that panel. And they both said, oh, my gosh, yeah, we talked about this. Like that was the hands down 300 and some competitors, the worst call of the whole show. So the, here are judges kind of dissing other judges in the same federation at the same show. And they were just 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 rolling their eyes about how horrible it was. And one of them said, we even went up to the judging panel and looked at the scores and pointed to like this one real outlier call. And, you know, how do you justify this and blah, blah, blah. And I said, yes, but and this is my client, I'd love to defend her, too. You got seven judges sitting there watching every single move. These other judges like us, we don't have that exact vantage point. And since it was mixed, you had firsts and seconds and so forth across the board, very tight call. It's like, you know, that's what you sign up for in a subjective sport. And so now it comes down to, you know, who's actually on the panel? What are their qualifications? And I think if we compete long enough, Adam, we all tend to recognize this. Like when I was competing, I knew certain judges favored my body, like, like my body shape and condition. And, and every time they were on a panel, I was happy. I'm like, those guys are going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to place me higher than other judges will. And again, that's, that's the subjectivity. So I'm curious because I know you like me, you're never going to cause a big, you know, scene. You're not going to, you're not going to go rail a judge or threaten to leave an organization. It's, it is what it is. Um, when you see calls like that, that really do seem odd, are you tempted to kind of shy away from that organization or maybe that promoter or those judges, or do you just, just roll the dice and keep going? I think that you never really want to close the door, so to speak, off of especially just one show. But if you see it happen multiple times, that's definitely where you have a choice. Um, I have one state that's on my chopping block right now. <laughs> I won't say which one it is, but it's close to me. And I just honestly, I purposefully don't send clients there because it's not even enjoyable to me. Um, I've had people win and I've questioned it. I, I just kind of said, wow, I was, I knew my client was going to do well, but probably not that well. And it was just the uh, variability was so broad and uh i just knew anytime i took what i thought was a true winner there they just don't align with what i see it's completely different and uh i also noticed none of them judge at nationals either so that's pretty helpful too so it's kind of you have to base it off of the opinion that it's coming from too so if sandy says something i'll take it more to heart than if, you know, somebody I've never seen on a national panel, I'm probably not going to pay as much attention to it, especially if they're like, oh, make sure you do my show afterwards. It's like, did you even give us feedback or did you just promote your show or your next show? So I kind of look into those things and those details. But yeah, I never really close the door. I think when we kind of talk about these types of things, it's very broad and natural bodybuilding. It's very, very difficult between the DFAC and the NGA. 
I, I, I was just talking to a really great bodybuilder this weekend, Robert Johnson, if you remember who won the Miami defect, like maybe second year they came out. And he said, you know, it wasn't really that I liked DFAC better than any other federation. He said, if I can quote him on this, he said, I felt like DFAC liked me better. So that's why I went with them. And I said, you know, that's, you can really paint your way in natural bodybuilding based on when you find your fit with your federation. With NPC, you don't really have that big of an option. You're going to bump into those judges that don't like you or uh, want you to change something. So there's definitely a little less flexibility. But I think it's also more standardized because these people spend about every weekend judging for the most part. That's what I was going to say. It does seem to be a little bit more uniform across the board, you know, state to state, contest to contest. But um, let's talk about how changing criteria may be affecting even this year or or how things may be in transition, because uh, every time we have new divisions, obviously wellness came out uh, most recently. But then we've we've had the advent of bikini that was just revolutionary in the sport. And, and those all have impact on the other divisions, you know, the ones that they're kind of drawing from and they're trying to set a new standard for this particular uh, division. So uh, I'm curious as what you're seeing already this early in a year, are, are there things that have even been stated by judges or the, the national federation that's saying, you know, here's what we're looking for. This is a slight change this year. Anything at all like that you're hearing? For me, it's more visibly. I feel like they've picked girls with a little bit bigger legs in bikini than in the past. I think when you start seeing something so extreme you know when you see guys with big arms all the time you start thinking your arms are small no matter how big they are and when we brought wellness in I think that was really easy to give bikini feedback that your legs are too small especially at universe where they judge wellness first and then they go into bikini I personally think they should always do bikini and then titrate up the muscularity because your eyes really do get used to seeing, you know, something. So I, I do feel like legs have came up a little bit in bikini. I think also too, there's just been some uh, bad calls and divisions on coaching. Uh, I had a competitor reach out and she said, I'm too lean for wellness. And I said, it's not that you're too lean. You just don't have the leg size for wellness, to be quite honest. It's just she does in the off season, but she must just hold a lot of intramuscular body fat in the legs. And you can get away with that in a regional contest where there's four wellness girls and win your class. But at nationals, you're going to be in a completely different game. So it also depends on the level of competition. So I really ask when people look at these things and look at the things that me and Joe are talking about, that you really look at national contests because you can probably find anything you want in the right region, in the right state at a small enough show. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, um, you made me think of going back to your bikini versus wellness. First of all, I think you're right. That's, that's a remarkable observation that we should go you know, in some direction, you know, from, from the smallest amount of mass in a class kind of upward because of those extremes and, and how they just impact our, our own visible standards. But um, 
you know, I, I've got clients also who are, you know, ectomorphic and you're trying, okay, I, I know you can get lean enough, but where do you, where do you draw the line and stay or stop for fullness? And, you know, that's, as we've talked about so much in our, in our podcast series, just, just the fact that you have the options. I, I showed these pictures of somebody coming down to a certain body fat level and here's what they look like. Now they get much, 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 much leaner. And then we come back up. So we've lost the body fat. Now that tailing effect on the way back up is going to be more glycogen, more muscle uh, animation, that kind of thing, or emanation. And, uh, and so there's a whole different look. So now you've got two, you got the same body at the same weight, but in different contexts, one coming back up through that metabolic building refeeding stage for a few weeks, it is dramatically different. And so now they've got the fullness, but they've got their, their ACE to play, which is their conditioning. I think that, that, you know, can make a big, big difference, but you know, there's always, and I'm going to go back to Nancy Andrews again, ma making a really good point at this conference there's a point at which some competitors really can do well in two different divisions. They may be just, you know, they're, they're a little, little big for this division, you know, let's say, let's say bikini, but maybe not quite big enough to be the biggest in figure. So they really could kind of cross back and forth. And, and that can change the dynamic of a judging class because you're, you're creating different standards. And all of a sudden somebody could be almost a little bit over, qualified or over muscled or over conditioned for this one. And yet if they, if they compete in the other, you know, they, they could maybe arbitrarily, I'm going to say place fifth, but then they win something else, almost looking too good for that division. So, you know, those are almost coaching decisions and competitor decisions of, you know, where can you really almost hack the judging panel? You know, where are you forcing them to, to, to make a decision where, where you're just simply almost overqualified in a division. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can try, I mean, you can't really change your height, but if you're close, you may want to try to stand as tall as possible to be in that next height. And, you know, that comes down to my guys on weigh-ins. I mean, Aaron was barely, we were questioning what we would do if he didn't measure tall enough. <laughs> so we went as simple as laying on the floor, making sure his spine was really decompressed before he went in for that height. Or else we would have been down like eight more pounds, which wouldn't have even been possible for him. So I was like, I'm more concerned of you making your height based on how close you are versus your weight. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because that's literally how I won my pro card. Uh, I, I, I knew at this particular contest where I would do better. And so I stood as tall as I possibly could. And, and I was the shortest person in the tall class. And so then on stage, you know, guess who looks, you know, super thick and symmetrical against these taller, lankier guys. So again, I mean, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't cheat. I just, uh, I just made sure that, that visually I'm, or I could have slouched. I, I had another guy in the NPC last year who, you know, we were, he's always on that bubble as well. And uh, he just thought he would do better in a little bit shorter class without being out muscled. And so he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and slouch a little bit and, and all that, but you know, what, what we're, what my point is, you know, there are these visual things you have to consider that judges are going to see. And, and another comment that was made this weekend was we tell our judges, you have to judge on what you see. You can't, you can't in your judging decision say, 
well, man, if they were posing a little bit better, I know they have the better physique. So I'm going to give it to them. You can't do that. Or, or if their tan was a little bit better, I think they would definitely look better than so-and-so. So I'm going to give them that edge. You, you have to judge what you see. And, and that's why all those intangibles have to be there. And, and I think in the class I was discussing, the client who, who had a couple narrow losses, the other person just smiled more, just was so relaxed on stage, posing with so much uh, less uh, effort for her. And as you and I have talked about so many times in Contest Prep University, like that matters. The, the judges want to watch that person who's having fun. They want to watch that person who's more comfortable. And, and you, you just are basically conveying through body language that I, I'm the champion. I, I'm here to win. And, and I, I, you're just, you're just going to confirm that for me. And so sometimes that can even beat a slightly better physique. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much that goes into it. I, I really encourage people to watch from the top level down, you know, watch the Arnold where it's hard to, you know, pick number one from number 10. Uh, the bikini classes this week were very, very tough to judge within the top four top five really really good physiques and uh honestly same with classic physique and bodybuilding there was there were some tough calls that had to be made this weekend so if anyone w watches this wants to see some difficult judging definitely watch the the streams on youtube of bodybuilding classic physique and bikini in the arnold 2022 I would even go a step further, and this is a little bit contrary to what I was just saying about judges should be qualified a little bit and, and trained, but nothing will make you a better competitor than actually judging a contest. When you see what the judges have to go through and what they're looking at, so obviously you can do what you just said, Adam, and, and mock judge, just watching a class, you know, get on get on YouTube and so forth, but uh, man, if you ever get the chance to literally sit on a panel where you have the same time constraints as every other judge and you have to make that call and you have to turn in that that scorecard, that, that shit changes right there. Like all of a sudden, you know how difficult that job is. Mm -hmm. Well, I kind of do that backstage. I try to kind of grade everyone before I see them pose. But I like to do that to see how much I'll change my mind when I see that group out on stage. Mm -hmm. Any, uh, any final thoughts on any of the divisions and what you may be seeing changing so far? I know you mentioned bikini. They're looking a little bit maybe for fuller legs. Anything in men's physique or any other categories? You know, I think, I think with men's physique, you know, it's going back to the structure of the person a little bit more. They're, in the amateur, they're toning down the size a little bit, it seems like, and they're picking really good shapes. And I would actually say in classic physique as well, we're getting to the point where there's so many competitors and the muscle mass is met that it's really coming down to that structure. And when you have an athlete that comes to you with structure like you've never seen before, you just know that they have that extra tool in the toolbox to take them the rest of the way there. I would say that kind of goes for bikini. When you have that shape and structure, you know, you just can't give that to anybody. Now you can make certain muscle groups bigger, but, you know, based on what you start with, there's only so much you can do. So it really is, uh, we're, we're just seeing some really amazing things. I think bodybuilding is uh, getting better, to be quite honest, too. 
So, you know, I think we're seeing guys go into bodybuilding with some really good structure too. To see Sean Roden win the Olympia a few years ago was very promising because he maybe wasn't the biggest guy on stage, but man, he had a really good shape for, for that big of a bodybuilder too. One of the things I, I did hear a couple of judges talking about with men's physique is, you know, n- now that the the board shorts are changing just a little bit in style, more people are getting kind of form fitting or tighter shorts. So now all of a sudden, you know, and nobody saw this coming, you know, leg size is, is coming back into it, which goes to your point about structure. So uh, one judge even said, man, you know, guys, you got to at least fill out your shorts now. Like it, it's no longer just these big billowing shorts and, and you just don't have to have any, any leg or leg conditioning. They're like, yeah, we can see that. And now in these calls, looking at structure, it just changes your overall symmetry. It's no longer just, you know, chest and abs. It's uh, there's, there's a lot more to it. So again, I think that's kind of the natural evolution of the sport, just like we talked about bikini. Bikini came on the scene for a particular reason. And now the girls are getting a little bigger, getting a little bit leaner. And that's just the natural evolution almost of every new division. Yeah. You know, like wellness is kind of, you know, the first year you just had big trunk legs, you were going to do well. Well, now it's like, you know, having trunk legs and small waist, you know, more and more people have met that initial criteria. And now it starts going to something else, you know. Yep. And, and, and so it goes, All, always evolving, always trying to be more inclusive. But uh, Adam, awesome conversation. Really uh, great to hear your inputs. And for everybody watching, we hope to see you next time in Contest Prep University or our Frat House series. See you next time.